This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, people. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is season three of Better Let Let Me Tell Tell You. really funny that a lot of people don't remember that Jennifer Lopez had like a career kind of slump. Oh, she did. For a and few actually, years. it was that during that time. Of it was. Louboutins. It was. I would say it was like from 2007 to like 2011. On on the floor is what made her yeah, came prominent back. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she made that movie, The Backup Plan. That, did well. that didn't do well. No. Um, which that movie was kind of cute. And she had a bunch of songs that came out from that song that didn't know. do well. Mm-hmm. And then she released that nobody knows this. Before she released all these songs with Pitbull that everybody likes, she released, which is the song mm-hmm. of Pitbull that I like the most, which is Fresh Out the Oven. Right. Yeah. We've talked about and this that before. one. She released it as, as Lola, Lola. Right. Because I don't know if she did that on purpose or because she didn't want people to like. Since the Jennifer Lopez brand wasn't, wasn't yeah, I, I don't know what the strategy behind that was. It didn't work, but that song is actually really good, and that was her first song with Pitbull, and nobody knows that song. Like well, very I'm, handful, except for our listeners who can now go look it up. Well, there we go, and whoever's <laughs> listening to that, look up Pitbull featuring Lola. Lola, fresh out the oven, fresh I guess. out the oven, Pitbull, fresh out the oven, just in case they don't put Lola. Breaking out here, not breaking out. That, that song is good. Yeah. That song is really good. Well, with that said, yes. now that we gave you a career, uh, Jennifer okay. Lopez career <laughs> retrospective. Update, yes. <laughs> but she came out doing pretty well from I that. I think she's slump. okay. Yeah, she's okay. I think she's she'll okay. survive. She'll survive. She'll be, she'll be she'll fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, happy, yeah. wait, 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 episode 125. 125. Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday. 25, Middle Friday. 25 episodes away from our party. I love the, um, speaking of Jennifer Lopez, I love that meme that has gone around. 
that I think I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago that the the Super Bowl performance of Jennifer Lopez oh, yeah, and Shakira yeah, yeah. was like the closing ceremonies of 20, to, of to like life as we yeah. know it. <laughs> we would have appreciated it a little bit more. But at least went out with a bang. Damn right. In Miami. Damn right. With two Latin women. Whose hips don't lie. <laughs> right. So if you're going to do it. <laughs> do it know, right. Doing, it, with, doing right. it well. At least it wasn't with like Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Mira that I've tried. To like Willie Nelson? No, to like country music. I've really tried. I like I, I like country music. Because, and Shania Twain does not count. Well, because there are certain songs of certain people that I like. You know what I mean? So I can't say I don't like country music, but as a genre, it's like, I'm not going to listen to Kiss Country. Yeah, because I remember a cousin of mine who shall rename Nameless was like, I love Shania. Oh my God, I love country music. I'm like, let me guess. You love Faith Hill and Shania Twain. Oh my God, yeah. I'm like, no. That doesn't and count. Dolly doesn't count either because no. she crosses genres. Yeah, no. Reba kind of counts. No, if 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 you're, if you're if the country music you like gets played on Y100, it's not. <laughs> or has had a residency at Caesars. It's probably, probably not, not like hardcore country music. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. So welcome everybody. How is it? How is everybody? Uh, uh, this well, well actually, actually, September. let me ask you. How are you doing? Because this was the first full week of school for Dade County, wasn't it? Well, 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 well. <laughs> Give how or much, take. How much time do we have in this podcast? <laughs> bueno, fue un desastre. Do oh, you yeah. know about the hacker? Yes, they caught him today. They caught him. He him, goes, right? It's him. It's, it's, yeah. Sixteen years old, South Miami. Uh, South Miami High School. Um, way to represent can't trust those cobras on the other hand we can't figure out how to edit a tiktok this kid figured out how to hack into Dick yes. county public schools yes um it's been a disaster uh but you know the teachers are trying to do what they can yeah. um i mean i'm my kids teacher teachers i'm sure as well as all the teachers across the board are he has do- more than one yes are doing the best they can with what they have True. and um you know, look, I think that there's kids like that. This is going to come and go and it's whatever. It's not going to affect kids them. Where it's not going to affect them. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, my my concern is really for kids that really need special instruction yeah. that maybe are behind. or Even kids in that, person need that or attention. Or kids that struggle in school, whether mm-hmm. it's because they have a learning disability or just because they're not good at a subject that they need right. that special right. instruction. I think that those are the kids that are really going to be affected if affected and maybe even left behind. And mm-hmm. it's it's really unfortunate. But again, it's one of these situations. It's like, what do you do? What do you do? You can't just not have kids learning. What do you do? Because, you know, a lot of school districts that have opened, excuse me, coronavirus spiked up again shortly thereafter. So, and we are finally on a downward trend. Yes. And I'm sure if the schools here, they would have made the, because it's like everything. There's people complaining that the kids are not in school, you know, that they should be back in school. I'm sure that if the schools would have opened and the coronavirus would have spiked, you shouldn't have sent them back to school. You're sending our kids, you know, to die. You know, so it's like, You can't win, right? right? Also, realistically, where do you put these kids? Because if you're going to open the schools, I mean, as we've said, you have to take certain precautions. And the fact is, there are classes that are overcrowded as it is. So there's no space. Where do you it's put just these that kids? I feel, I feel that like, n- no matter where they are, it's a challenge because, for example, right. in elementary school, kids are smaller. So obviously, you're going to get a kid because uh, because uh, some of the pr- um, things that they were thinking about was social distancing in school. Right. Okay, great. But that that was going to be with like desks, you know, obviously yeah, 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 six, seven yeah. feet apart, plexiglass, kids with the masks and all that. The whole it's like, are you really going to expect that small a children are going, a six, 
four, five-year-old, you know, because there's preschool also in most public schools now, are going to be sitting quietly in their Pepsi class covered with their mask on for six hours and not touch anyone. Good luck. And then the challenge in high school is that high schools are crowded. So how are you going to get from point A to point B with six Six feet apart? apart? Like. How do you do that? I mean, How? I just think about when we were in high school, Moro de Gente Gavilla, you know? Like, <laughs> At the entrances, especially. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, in Southwest, the only place that wasn't full was a breezeway. That's true. Yes. The only place. That's true. Every okay, other, if yeah. you were stuck in A-wing or C-wing, oh, good, luck. good luck. You had to dash yes. for that next class. Yes, literally. Yeah. It was like Calle Ocho-ing there. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Like, ah. minus the food vendors getting from point Slightly A to point B. Slightly less giveaways by, uh, by Café La Llave, but yes, yes. No, and now school, Southwest is bigger. Because when we were there, there was three about 3,000 students. There's oh, yeah, more, they've, they've there's done, more kids now. They've in, they My God, there's been construction. That's what we're yeah. going for. Yeah. yeah, there's more kids now. So, I mean, how are you going to how are you gonna do that? Yeah. So, it's a cluster F no matter which way you yeah. look at it. So, so you know, you know what else was uh, affected by a, a little less seriously, but you know the MTV VMAs. Oh yeah, were affected by the coronavirus. Although, contrary Although, to what Entertainment Weekly would like yes, you to believe, we let's call them out. It was not the first live award show in the time of Corona. Mm-hmm. That honor goes to Premio Juventud, yeah, which did it, and quite frankly, I think did it better. They did it well, yeah, because all the celebrities, or I guess musicians were in the same room they were, they were there. just apart right i i imagine though for premio juventud they probably told people beforehand hey you're gonna win i mean okay fine but we're not talking about the grammys either at the vmas right i mean did, do you think anybody who showed up was like oh i came because i was nominated yeah. like i mean taylor swift looked like she accepted from a ramada inn <laughs> i love that um lady gaga got the try the try hard award yeah well, Tricon, but the I call it Tri Hard. I, which we're not sure what that is. We're not sure what it is, but because what but, is the what is the try? I, She's an honestly, actor, a singer. No, no. Songwriter? Honestly, I think what probably happened there. What it was probably a a, a lot of things, right? Mm. I think that she is worthy of a Vanguard Award. I would have waited maybe two more years because I think I think she's thirteen years in the industry. So let's do a nice maybe, long number. But I think she is worthy but of a Vanguard she's, right, Award. Right. If I was her, I wouldn't want to get the Vanguard Award in the middle of all of this bullshit. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I'm getting this Vanguard Award, which is like the pinnacle of like pop culture and MTV. Right, and the VMAs. Yeah. And I'm getting it like this. From a green screen? So yeah, give me the Tri-Pad Award the tri- or the Tri-Con <laughs> Award. Or the, the, whatever the hell you want to call it. The Triple Award or whatever. <laughs> you know, I will say I think that they missed an opportunity though. I really, really liked what they did with Maluma and CNCO, who, by the way, up until like last week, I thought their name was Cinco. Mm-hmm. No. Did CNCO. not know I had to pronounce every letter. Yeah. They should have done the whole thing at a drive-in. I yeah. think that would have been cute. That would have been fun. It could have been live. Because I'm sorry, most of those um, performances were not live. No. I, I mean, just, while I was watching the VMAs, I kept thinking... It looked almost like a cartoon. I kept thinking, I mean, they, they did the best they could with what they had. Fair. And the same with Premio Juventud. But I keep thinking, how are they going to pull this off for like the Oscars? The Emmys. The Emmys are on the corner. Yeah. The Emmys is going to be a dry run because for the Oscars. Let's, let's be honest. 
I'm a movie buff, so I do watch the Oscars for the film right, aspect right, right. of it. But that's not but what people most watch. people watch the Oscars for the celebrity, yeah, you know, aspect the fun of, of it. it. Yeah, you know, the women, what they're wearing, and who you came right. with, and all that. The red carpet, yeah. and like the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how are you going to pull that off? How does that translate? Yeah, or does it? Or do you even bother? Do you just go the VMAs route? You know what I mean? Because the VMAs is known for like, it's anything can happen. It's live. And this year it was like, nothing's going to happen because everybody's on a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> and God bless. Kiki Palmer was doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Aquila's come a long way. Oh, yeah. Because to do all of that as if you're talking to a full room of humanity, yeah. but it's all like CGI, you know, uh, people. Yeah. That is God's work. But I guess that's the new normal now. And let's see um, what award shows are up next. In November, it's the American Music Awards. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. The Emmys, yeah, to the me, Emmys the American now. Music Awards are still in January. <laughs> oh, that's right. They moved. Yeah, they moved I like forget. 13 yeah, yeah, years yeah, I know, ago. I always forget. I always forget. Do you know who was the first performer to perform at the new American Music Awards in November? Okay, so you said 13 years ago. We're in 2020. No, it was more than 13 years ago. It was like 17 years ago. Okay, so that would put us at... It was Britney. Okay, I was like, damn it. I was she like... She sang... Um, is that what she did her... The, uh, the, the, the trio, the medley? To, the, no, she did... I gotta get the zone. ¿Cómo se llama esa canción? Me against the music. Me against the music. I actually could say Watching that. you try to figure that out was great. I'm up against the speaker trying to take the music on. It's like a competition. Me against the beat. I want to get in the zone. See, I could do you it. You did do it. I'm up Congrats. Against the trying to take the music on. It's like a competition. Me against the beat. I want to get, get in the, the zone. zone. It's been a while. It's it has been a while. while. It's been, it's been a, a while. minute. So yeah, award season. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not gonna go. How, well. I wonder how they're gonna do Premio Lo Nuestro. That bullshit. <laughs> oh. Well, they'll do it like Premio Juventud. Yeah. It's on Univision. And honestly, I think again, as I, I we're, you know what I when do? we were watching it, I was like, don't insult my intelligence by putting the clapping when I can see there's like diez gato. Yeah. But at least you're performing to a room. You know what I love about Premio Lo Nuestro is that they're just completely made up. Oh yeah. By Univision, they're mm -hmm. like, let's give these awards. Oh, they might as well be hosted by the Prince of Monaco. They're so yeah, made they up. might as well be the, the World, World Music, Music Awards. Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're just, they don't mean anything, quote unquote. So for those of you who don't get that reference, so the World Music Awards was this award show that it's still going on, It still I exists, right? I just don't know if it's televised anymore well, in the U.S. By the end, ABC was televising it at like one in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. So, so I can't it, was, it was this music award show that was hosted by the Prince of Monaco. And created. Yeah, it was hosted and created by the Prince of Monaco. And it was called the World Music Awards. But what was interesting was that when you when they would and they aired them here in the US for quite some time yeah, yeah. right is that it was a competition but there wasn't a competition <laughs> like for example <laughs> let me give you an example so you know how a lot of times when like singers have like a hit you know right. that it's their year right? right they'll sweep an award show right? Right, right, right but there'll still be other awards that go to other people right like no. I remember the year that like I think it was when Rihanna released the album Loud, the one that had We Found Love in a okay. Hopeless yeah. Place. Is it Loud? Is that song from Loud? I couldn't tell anyway, you. Anyway, but the, one of those years that Rihanna had like a huge, huge right, hit. Right, right, right. right. I remember that the every award, it's like 
best new art, you know, whatever, new art, uh, Rihanna. Best Record pop, of the year. Uh, Rihanna. <laughs> Record of the year, Rihanna. Um, and then they would go up against like Anastasia and like <laughs> right. all these. Aww, poor Anastasia. <laughs> but it was like Rihanna. I remember when Mariah had her like comeback with the Emancipation oh, of oh, Mimi. Oh, swept. It swept. swept. Every award was Mariah. Was Mariah. I'm like, okay, as much as I love her, you do. there were other people who, who maybe deserved. Right. And maybe. Like, I don't think Mariah should have won Best Country Album. Just give a couple of people a different award just for the sake of credibility, you know? <laughs> but the World Music Awards. And we were like, who really are the World Music Awards? It's the Prince of Monaco. So who, who, was it what was on the Prince of Monaco's iPod? Oh, that would be. Wait, no, because this is from before an iPod. So he would do like mixtapes. Well, no, it was during the iPods too. The iPod wasn't it before? Well, but it started before that. No? iPod. It's totally like not cool to say it, iPod. It took anymore. me a second to think about it when you said iPod. I still say iPod. Yeah, yeah. Also, because my car says Darian's iPod. Well, because you never got an iPhone, so therefore you're. I've never you're, had an iPhone, right. and I put I still have everything on my iPod, right? And I'm not gonna switch it because I'm stubborn, and you know, sue me. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, I still hope to run into Anastasia because she's living in Wilton Manors now. The singer? Yeah. You know, it's so funny that I actually, I didn't, I can't say I ever really followed her career because I didn't really care for her music and no offense to her. I know she's very talented. I'm not a huge fan of her It's just not your thing, yeah. Um, and I just so remember her from The Cut on MTV. With Lisa? With yes. Lisa, The Cut. <laughs> oh, if she was alive now, we might have been able to get her for the show. Oh. Wow, that's that's high ambition. But well, you know, maybe because you know she seemed kind of like crazy enough that she'd be like, yeah, yeah I'll she do went it. to the prom with that kid, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, she seems like a type of fan when when, when TLC was in their heyday and like their prime. A fan wrote uh, Lisa Lopez to go to her prom yeah, with her, and time. they went. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I want to bring something up that is actually a really big topic, and we've kind of brought it up here before, but we've never taken it head on. Oh God. So I don't know if we're going to take it head on now, but I definitely want to discuss it. <laughs> going to try. So this past week, Adele was crucified online. Oh, yes. Over a picture that she posted on her Instagram. Um, for those of you who did not um, Who were not aware of this happening. The picture, it's still up on her. Um, well, yeah, she's not taking it down. It's still up on her Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a picture of her. With a bikini top that was of the Jamaican flags, yes. and then she was wearing her hair. She had like top with knots, bantu right? knots, bantu knots, okay. bantu knots, and then she had some feathers behind. And for a second, when I first saw the picture, though, I had to be like, "Who is this?" Because you right. know, she lost you so much weight. She had lost yeah. so much weight. And you know, of course, Twitter went right. on fire oh of course of cultural appropriation right and she was at a was it well, well, well oh, okay, that, that's okay. where i'm going with okay this. okay okay so she the the thing with this was cultural appropriate and, and why i wanted to bring it up mm -hmm. is cultural appropriation is a very 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 real thing especially here in the united states well everywhere but it, it is a very much a real thing and a lot of times the people who are culturally appropriated, if you will, is, you know, African-Americans. It's black culture, right? right? But in this Case. situation, mm -hmm. and this is why I wanted to bring it up to kind of hear your take on it. You know, racial issues are very, very complicated. Mm -hmm. And as we know, and we kind of forget that they're different in each country. 
True. Because not each country has the same history. True. You know, the UK doesn't have the same history regarding, you know, racism that right. we do. Not to say that there's this worse right, right. or better or, you right. know. Or like in Australia, it's it's racism, but it's with the indigenous people. Indigenous versus, people, right. Right, right, right. But every country has a different historical context in terms of racism mm-hmm. and in this case, cultural appropriation. So I actually read a lot of comments okay. of people from England. and On her, on, on, on her post? On, on her post, and I looked at different articles. Okay. And what people in England were saying was that the festival that she was going to was... Was it the Kensington? Was Well, it was a, a, a festival that um, was of Jamaican... Heritage, but I, I forgot the name of the festival. I mean, it's, it, fr- it's it's from the town that she grew up in. Okay, right. Um, it is from the town that she grew up in, and so she very much grew up with this, you know, with this culture. Correct. It's it's very much from the town that she grew up in, and from what I read and understood, it is common for people of because they're celebrating Afro Caribbean culture. Correct. Right. right. And it is very common for people of all walks of life to dress up for this festival. Okay. Right? So it's like the, it's like one of those Tortuga Festival type it, of things. It's very, but, but much more it, it's, authentic. It's common. it's common. Whether you're white, you know, black, mm. wherever you're from. Mm. It's very common for people to dress up for this festival. In that theme, shall we say. Uh, the right. The theme of the it, festival. They're, they're, they're celebrating Afro-Caribbean theme. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, so... She got a lot of shit from people here. And what was what I found interesting in the comments was a lot of people in, in the UK. First of all, a lot of Jamaicans, including Naomi Campbell, were totally like on board with it. We're like, oh, great, good for you. Thank I you for she's Jamaican. Thank you for celebrating our culture, you know, whatever. Most right. Jamaicans were very celebratory of this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of British people were saying that, you know. Americans, again, making it about themselves, that this is mm-hmm. not, that cultural appropriation to in England was not the same as here. Right. And that, you know, Americans should keep their nose out of it, that they're not the gatekeepers as to what's cultural appropriation or not. Being angel. So, and that was overwhelmingly what I the response. responded. I also went to a couple of people that I follow on Instagram that are from England. Mm-hmm. And I asked them straight out, I'm like, what do you think of this? And they go, no, in England, I know this festival. People dress up. That's what they that do. Fe- that's what they do. They dress up and there's never a problem with it, you know. Okay. And most of the hate coming was from American Twitter. Would it be the equivalent of, say, if you went to Calle Ocho and you wore a Cuban American sh- uh, a Cuban flag shirt or a Nicaraguan shirt? Well, that's kind of like saying like a white person wearing guayabera. That's what I'm saying. Okay, a white person wearing guayabera to Calle Ocho, let's say. Mm. It, it's that equivalent. Well, well because... I mean, look, I think cultural appropriation has different layers. Right, right, right. Like, but different I'm... layers. But the reason I wanted to bring this up, and we could talk more about cultural appropriation, but in terms of Adele, Adele and specifically, was how... Everybody here had an opinion on this side of the pond was waiting to like crucify her. Right. But you forget that maybe in England, this mm-hmm. is something right. that is not inappropriate. Well, we've never waited for context or facts to have an opinion in the well, US. Well, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why start now? And 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 the and also I am the first one to call out pro- cultural appropriation, and I believe that cultural appropriation is a problem. So let me and- – uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me ask you a question because I have a hard time 
really seeing cultural appropriation versus appreciation of a culture. Okay. Let's, Does that make sense? I know I'm using yeah. the same words, but like, you know, it's like, what is the difference? Say, okay, let's, let's look at the definition and I have the perfect example. For okay. This. Okay. So the definition of cultural appropriation is the unacknowledged or inappropriate adoption of customs, practices, ideas, etc., of one people or society by members of another and typically more dominant people or society. That is the meaning of it. I'm going to give you a good example that I think is cultural appropriation. Okay. And I always kind of found it wrong. Okay. Even though I like her. I always thought, and again, I, I'm a fan of hers. Mm -hmm. I always thought that Gwen Stefani culturally appropriated Japanese culture. Because those Harajuku girls, mm -hmm. I, people forget that they had names. Love, Angel, Music, Baby. baby. Yeah, of course. <laughs> She name checks them in her song. <laughs> Love, angel, music, baby, hurry up and come and save me. Yeah. <laughs> she used those girls as props. Okay. Right? And she had all that like kind of Japanese. Kind Would it of... have been different if she hadn't used the girls? And she was just using the culture I mean, as, I would have, I would have as inspiration to... for her for her albums. I, I would have had to seen it. But I think that that's cultural appropriation. Because... She was using these girls and she had a whole, like, with that album, mm -hmm. a whole, like, world tour and videos of these images of these girls mm -hmm. that she was using as props. And the Harajuku culture is very much a Japanese thing. Right. Right? I think that was cultural appropriation. I think Miley Cyrus being now the, you know, the self-proclaimed queen of twerking, that was cultural appropriation because Miley Cyrus okay. is from Tennessee. You know, she is the whitest white girl there is. <laughs> we because, love her. Because it's not like when oh, Miley Cyrus grew up listening She's to not urban music, right? Or, or that was a big part of her culture growing up and her influence, right. Right. right? But she is like the whitest country girl there is. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for her all of a sudden, you know, so many years into her career to, be all about to start it. twerking and everything's about twerking and twerking and twerking and twerking i think that that's cultural appropriation you know i don't think it was ill like ill-intentioned right right but i think that is cultural appropriation um what about madonna in uh oh my god i can't think of the name nothing really matters where she's got the kimono because that's where i'm that's where i'm coming from is like at what point do we say it's cultural appropriation versus inspiration because to go back to the gwen stefani like Maybe she was in Japan and she was so inspired by all the culture and that's what catapulted the look of the... You could, you know you could I mean? say that like Madonna and Madonna went through like a geisha phase. And I remember yeah. when she went through that phase, she said that she was inspired by the book Memoirs, Memoirs of, of a Geisha. Of a geisha. Um, does, know, it, does acknowledging the inspiration I think it does. Away, it, I think it does. from the appropriation? It does. It, I think it does. You have to acknowledge where you got it from. Okay. I, I wouldn't make the argument that you could say it was she did culturally appropriate, but it was for she a video. She stylized it too. It, right, it was stylized. It was for a video. Um, it, and it wasn't like... It, this was, uh, I mean, with Madonna, you could make so many... Because oh, she for went everything, through, like, yeah. Uh, middle, <laughs> like uh, an Indian kind of phase True. and... You could say it's kind of things that inspired her, although I'm sure there's people who would say it's culturally appropriate, cultural right. appropriate, cultural appropriation. Right. But in these other instances of these other girls, like they they were using these things kind of like as props. Okay, and and I think that 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 is, you know, that's not great. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that's why I wanted to understand a little bit more because I. 
you know, at what point, like I said, at what point is it inspiration versus appropriation, right? And then do you just kind of say to everybody, well, you, Miley Cyrus, I'm making it up, you know, you can't have an album inspired by salsa in the Caribbean because you're not, you're not Hispanic. So don't do it. You can't do it. That's wrong. Like, well, fuck, she's an artist. I mean, right. you don't know where inspiration is going to come from. Right, but, but, but it depends. It depends. Because, for example, if right now you, you, you could make that argument, like, whenever there's like a Latin surge, resurgence, yeah, those Latin that Latin music becomes, yeah. and Latin culture becomes very popular. It happens like every 10, 15 if years. If Miley yeah. Cyrus were to do a Latin record, I'd be like, but where did this come from? Like, right. Right, you know, right, 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 right. You can make an argument that's cultural appropriation. I'm right. jumping on a bandwagon because right now this is really popular. Right. And I'm going to make a video. You know, out of Miley Cyrus would have had a bunch of, you know, Cuban or Caribbean friends, you know. Right. And, and she loved that life. She's then, all about that croqueta life. You know, she, she was all about that croqueta life, you know, the lechon, the lechon life, life, you know, to quote us. Yeah. Then I'd be a little bit more like, okay, you know, maybe it's an ode to like her friends right. and stuff right. like that. But. All of a sudden, she she's like the queen of salsa. Yeah, like um, <laughs> not quite. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. No, that's fair because I think it's it, to your point. It's it's a sli- it's a slippery slope. You know what I mean? Where uh, it's a fine line, and I know that it's there. But hmm. I think in today to to go back to what you were saying about Adele in today's cancel culture, you know, we're offended by everything. It's hmm. oh, you did this thing that's wrong. It's like, right. but did you bother to ask me why I did it? where I was when I did it, what was the con, you know, we're not talking about blackface. Right. You know, Adele didn't show up there in blackface. Mm-hmm. Well, but again, it goes to the content of, that's why I said that it's a complicated multi-layered discussion because each country has a different past. Right. A d- different has racial past. And, you know, if in the UK, Going to this festival, even if you're white, you know, because right. the whitest of white people are from the UK, you know, wear that. It's very it's expected. common place yeah. to wear that. Then as an American who I'm about to scream out cultural appropriation, because here it is a problem. Right. I need to step back for a minute. I need because, to ask a question. Because, okay, maybe over there it's culturally okay. And, and that's why when somebody said, you know, you're not the cultural gatekeeper. Right. You know. That's a great phrase. Yeah. I, I thought it was adequate, and you know, and we have to remember that cultural appropriation. You know, you hear it most when it, when it's somebody white um, culturally appropriating black culture, which is the most predominant right. form in the U.S. At least in the U.S., but it happens all the time. You know, with Latin culture too. Oh yeah, you know, all the time. You know, from whether they're, you know, how many times? I used to cancel the Italia wear a kimono. <laughs> no, 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 I no. Mean, but what I mean, I mean, oh, 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 reverse, reverse of Americans, you know, appropriating US appropriating uh, Latin uh, culture. Cinco de Mayo, which is not a thing. Yes, actually, a lot of people were saying that that here mm-hmm. in the US, it's like we want to be, you know, the, so woke. Ga- the again the gatekeepers, the gatekeepers of, of cultural appropriation, yeah. and we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, which is not even something Mexicans celebrate. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's we a, it's a Corona we, holiday. We eat a type of food, Mexican food, which is not even real Mexican, Mexican food. Yeah. So, so who are you? Right. So, I mean, we're all a little guilty of it. Of I mean, I've always personally found a little bit, and this is just me, because you know I'm very PC. Um, I've always found a little kind of insulting when people as Halloween costumes dress up as a different culture. 
like in a poncho or like maybe in a kimono oh, well. and all that. But you what know, if it's a sexy poncho? <laughs> because it's like you're making a costume, which it sometimes is in a way a mockery mm-hmm. out of something that's very culturally relevant to some people. And I know, especially like the kimono, like I've seen some people have like these beautiful right, kimonos, right, right, right. you know. But then again, you know, well, for Halloween, it's different because for Halloween, you're doing it for shits and giggles and for fun. But then, for example, look, if you are white or Hispanic or or anybody for that Mm -hmm. matter, and you're invited to an Indian wedding, how do you you have have to to, dress? Yeah, you have to wear the sari. Yeah. But if they should say, if they were to take a picture of of a blonde, blue-eyed couple, the lady wearing the sari with just a beautiful background... Mm-hmm. Out of context, that picture screams right. cultural appropriation. Right. So, but so, you're at so a you're, you're an going wedding, to like yeah. let's say the fountain blue to a beautiful Indian, Indian wedding. wedding, but you and your boyfriend or whatever decide to take a picture, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. in the lobby, right. and you post it on Instagram. All cultural appropriation. I'll be like, bitch, right. I was going to an Indian wedding, right? Like, what am I supposed to do? They told me I had to wear this. Like, I mean, it's beautiful. I love it. It's gorgeous. Uh, Actually, you know what? Well, we'll talk later, but there was an instance with somebody we know who was at a party. Yeah. That I was like, it was a, the theme was Indian. Right. And I was like, this is because they're all Latin. Otherwise, if there was white people, all those pictures, somebody would have screamed cultural yeah. appropriation. No, but for those, for those things, I get it. Because it's like you're making kind of a, a little bit of a, not a mockery, because you're not intending to be a mockery, but you're using my culture as like a theme. Like a, right. a theme right. you could buy a party city, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And and when that's one of those things that like, while not ill intentioned, when somebody sits down and says, "Hey, look, this is my culture. This is how you know my people. This is very important to us." And you're turning this into like, "Yeah, what, what theme do you want?" You know, right? I, I, you know, you can't. I can understand how that would upset someone. Exactly. Yes. At the very minimum, you have to understand that how that could be upsetting. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Adele got a lot of heat. This Adele's broken the internet a few times. Well, you know why she's broken the internet? Mm-hmm. Because she's a girl gone boss. Oh, yes. She sure is. Just like this week's guests. Oh, yes. We have the co-hosts of the podcast, Girls Gone Boss. Uh, two ladies, Alex and Gabby, who uh, they're located here in Miami, although because of Corona, we had to do it via a virtual interview, yeah. as we've done every interview this year. Um, so, And one of them was like a couple of blocks from my yeah, house. Yeah, seriously. Like, like, it's crazy. It's, just, it's ridiculous. But yeah, so they talked to us about their podcast, what inspired them, and you know, what they've got coming up around the pike. So without further ado, we have our interview with Girls Gone Boss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. All right, listeners. Now, as you know, you know that, you know, DJ and I, we consider ourselves feminists, and we've had our share of ladies on here who are boss ladies. But I think it's fair to say that the two guests we have with us today epitomize that boss mentality because after all, they are the hosts of a podcast called Girls Gone Boss. Welcome, Alex and Gabby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Welcome for better let me tell you. (laughs) We're so excited to be here. We've heard so many great things about you and heard the podcast. So Congrats on everything you're doing, and we love that you're local. We're all about Miami, so. Same here, same here. Gabby, just saying, I love your pink mic. Got to put that out there. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally digging the mic. Thank you. This is our signature pink mic. <laughs> well, it should be. It should Gosh, be. We're, we're so basic next to them with our, with our mics. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we have a cool mic. You have, like, a, it has, like, this, like, a professional mic. Oh. Like well, you know, but but you ladies have to have a signature mic. You know, you got you, you you've gone boss. I mean, once you go boss, you have yeah. to have a signature mic, right? Isn't that the rule? The mics have to go boss too. Yeah. Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about? I mean, you know, you've you've had the podcast for a while now, but how did the idea come up? You know, for for this for this show. So, a few years ago, like five years ago, Gabby and I were working both well it was a little bit longer than that we were working together at Viacom and then Gabby left to go work at Warner and I stayed at Viacom and we would meet up for lunch because we we worked really close together and I brought up to her I was like I really want to do a podcast and she's like I have the exact same idea we should really do this we felt that there was a lack of um women female stories Mm -hmm. on podcasting that resonated with what we were looking for. So there's always like the Sheryl Sandberg, the Oprah, these really top, top high women that we all look up to. But there was no one that was like C-suite level or like um, the VP of marketing for Apple or Google that, that were telling their stories of how they came to be. So we thought that it was important to highlight those women. Like behind that the scenes kind of ladies. They- that we look up to so that's where the whole idea came about um and it took us a little bit of time to to start the podcast because it was an idea that that flourished over time and we finally did it about almost four years now we're gonna go into season four wow Wow. congrats four years yeah and like alex said it was just about highlighting the everyday woman like us that has like 
started their journey, like whether it was, you know, from a college opportunity or not even having gone to college, but that they have established themselves really well in their respective field. So we were really excited about talking to that woman that we could like aspire to be that was, was attainable. You know what I mean? That we could, people can relate to. And it's it's been, um, we have over almost, what, 100 episodes? I don't even know. And it's a lot of women in different industries. So from, you know, someone in the entertainment field to, like, mental health therapists yeah. to, you know, we just interviewed um, someone from Amazon that sells products on Amazon. So, like, we also, like, want to do interviews where we give tools and resources to women because most of our listeners are entrepreneurs and women who are professionals or like are really go-getters. So we want to do also interviews with women that can give them those tools. So that's why we're talking to someone at Amazon because apparently you can, you can make a lot of money selling products on there. Yeah. And there's someone that can teach you how to do it and how to really optimize it. And we had a full episode on that. Right. Now, going through your episodes, that's something, as you girls said, that I noticed immediately that um, it was all these women in these really important and relevant positions. But, uh, yeah, I did notice that it wasn't necessarily like celebrity women or people that you would hear of on the news. Everyday women, you know, taking charge. So how do you find these ladies and, and what what inspires you specifically to eat? each guest to want to interview them and bring them on the show well you know initially when alex and i started it was really tapping into our network we have both of us have 16 plus years in the entertainment business um we both started in television uh, i now work in the music business alex is now also working um in production um so we have a Rolodex, honestly, is pretty big. So we started there. Um, we hit up our friends. Our, you know, We had sometimes episodes with each other. And we just wanted to really give a variety. So we, you know, if we had already talked to, like, a blogger, let's say, then we weren't going to go and talk to another blogger. Then we wanted to have, like, maybe somebody else that would bring a different perspective. So that's how we first started. Then as the podcast grew, we started just getting pitches. We started getting publicists reaching out to us with guest ideas. And sometimes, you know, I drop into the DMs and I hit up people. <laughs> yeah, you got to slide in the DMs oh, here. No, no, no. I'm laughing because I do the exact same thing. Like, it's <laughs> like I will I'll go to somebody's IG and like, okay, they have an email. I'll reach out. Oh, I can find a publicist. And last resort, it's just like you know, DM like, Hey, hi. So here's who we are. Here's what we do. You want to be on the show. And it's, it's amazing how many times it has resulted in something. Yeah, it truly worked. We did that with Martha Michelle, which is an amazing poet. And she said, yes. And we had her on the podcast. So it's a combination of all those things. So, you know, you, you ladies, you say you have a background in, in, um, entertainment. Sorry. I blanked there for a second. Do you feel that this is an extension of what you've seen in your respective industries as maybe underrepresentation of women in positions of power, especially being Latina women? You know, you, you, you obviously, it's like, okay, women are underrepresented. Now let's add another layer, add another layer, add another layer. It, do you feel like this was a response to that? And have you seen that the response back has been, you know, along those lines? Well, I definitely feel that it's a platform to celebrate women. And I feel like a lot of the times, yes, we need a little bit more recognition, especially at executive levels. I do feel there needs to be more representation. 
Um, and not only in entertainment, I think it's just overall. Mm-hmm. We know um, there's disparities there. So, so yeah, how beautiful that we can create a community where we celebrate those women that have, you know, worked their way up, have put in the sweat and tears it takes to get to the top. Because it's not easy. You have to yeah. fight through, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, different obstacles. But you can say it. Fight through a lot of bullshit. You can say it. <laughs> it's <laughs> so what I've yeah. what I've noticed is that there's a lot of women that are in management. But after that, that next layer, women are not really being represented. They're not getting positions, you know, they're it kind of maintains in that management role. And that's something that I think that we really need to break. Yeah, right. There's a glass ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always, I brought it up on our show a couple of times when we speak on these these um, uh, issues, especially of representation. There's a very prominent hospital down here in Miami that where the elevator bay is, right across the elevators. There's the board of directors, and they have a picture of the entire board. And there's probably like 35, 40 people on the board, and there's one woman, <laughs> one woman and a black guy, and that's it. Everybody else is, you know, a white man. And I'm like, and this is Miami, which is just a diversified city. And I'm like, if you ever want to see show that, like, you know, minorities, whether it's ethnic, national, or women, still don't have the same representation as White men, here you go. <laughs> like, right here, you know. One woman. Yeah, one. And then add women, but then add minority women, even less. Right, right. that's another <laughs> layer. Yeah. layer. You know, brown and black women, Asian women, less. So, yeah. yeah, there is very much a disparity, and we hope that it changes. We hope that our platform, you know, empowers more women to, to yeah. prepare themselves to go into those roles and go into them confidently. Because that's a thing that, that we also want to empower women through our podcast. Um, and and so we hope it does change. You you had a, an interview um, sometime back with, I believe her name was Erica Hernandez, that she came up with a brand of Latina Made. Yeah. And I was listening to that interview. That was a great interview, it, by the way. It was those things that it doesn't dawn on it just it doesn't dawn on you when you would google latina made like she was saying the story to you on you know the stereotypical images that would come up and and then obviously thanks to her and the whole algorithm because it's all about the algorithm nowadays she that 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 you know that direction that's amazing that 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 is you know one of the um, and congratulations because that's i feel that's one of those stories that really needs to get out there because you know, most people probably wouldn't know that, you know, um, and wouldn't know that it was just, you know, this woman who, just, you know, she wasn't a CEO of a company or anything like that. She had a vision. She changed it. I thought that was remarkable, the whole Latina main thing. So yeah, Erica you know. is an exceptional woman. She's a boss. And, and we that's exactly why we wanted to highlight her in that episode, because it, it wasn't that CEO per se. But it did, it did take a Latina with a lot of guts and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of hustle to, to, to make a change. And there's a lot of us like that. And that's exactly who we want to talk to. Yeah. Now, what would you say, you know, again, starting a podcast, as we know, it can seem a little daunting, can seem a little like, 
I have no idea where to start. And I feel I feel a little more comfortable asking you this question because um, in one of your more recent interviews, you you revealed that you're actually contemporaries of ours age-wise. Um, won't say what that is. But, you know, when I was listening to you guys at first, I felt like, oh, these are, you know, these two, like, 20-somethings. You know, they're, they're like, you know, you know, all in it and hip and happening and whatever. But so you, you're closer in age to us. So, you know, what are some of the things that you found kind of, surprising when you when you decided to start because uh, one of the questions that that dj and i get a lot is oh i've always wanted to do a podcast but i don't know where to start you know and and oh i've always wanted to do it but oh i i i don't know and there's so many and how do you do it and obviously we have our perspective and our you know our thoughts on it but wanted to get yours you know from from one of the challenges and surprising and so uh, gabby and i are like j-lo we have no shame in our game and uh <laughs> we don't mind sharing our age so Gabby is 40, and I'm turning 40 next week. Um, oh, happy birthday. So, thank you. So also, there's congrats some, on your baby. Sorry. I had to... Thank you. Isn't she the cutest? So oh, adorable. So cute. Thank you. Um, so um, I, the, we get the question a lot as well. Where, where, do you, where do we start? I don't know where to start. So when we first started, I think that Gabby and I have the personalities that we just go for it. We're not really fearful um, of things. And I think that that's the key, right? Mm-hmm. Just not giving a shit what anyone else has to say or their opinions and just going for it. So I think that that really helps um, with just going for it. Now, when I first started podcasting, I couldn't even talk to you guys. I, If you listen to like the first episodes, I was completely mute because I was so shy and so embarrassed, so introverted. That no words would come out of my mouth. And Gabby kept pushing me and pushing me. And then she started making me do live events, which was even worse. Because I would, like, literally pee myself. There was actually, there's a really funny story. The first live event that we did. Gabby, remember that that running, the running event? Uh-huh. So we went to do a live event. And before all these women went out to run, I don't know how many miles, we, our job was to inspire them. And I'm telling my inspirational story. I said a joke and not one person laughed. And I wanted to just crawl <laughs> and die. And the whole joke was that Gabby's like, Gabby's from um, um, Nicaragua. So she's like, oh, yeah, because I was born in Nicaragua. And everybody started cheering, yeah, Nicaragua. And then when, I, when it was my turn to talk, and I'm like, yeah, because, you know, I'm Peruvian, you Peruvian from the house. And it was complete silence, and I, I almost died. So it's been a long journey for me to, to come out of my shell and, and um, do this podcast, but it's just honestly starting. And I'm so proud of you, Alex. You have, uh, you're a shining star now. No, no, I know. But the <laughs> I am a no bullshit person. I tell it how it is, but when it comes to like public speaking or I'm on the spot, I just completely shy away. But I've I've really flourished. Uh, that's a great story. So everybody, everybody, all the Nicaraguans were in the house, but apparently Peruvian <laughs> were not. <laughs> Had not arrived yet. Embarrassing. No one can see her face, but she's dying right now. Oh, we can so, see. <laughs> yeah, listen there. So, I, I know this is a typical or question, but but I mean, it's still something that's relevant. And what would you say specifically with Latin women is still the biggest obstacle today? 
with Latin women? Because we say there's progress. And, you know, there has been progress across the board for a lot of people, but there's still a lot of, you know, obstacles that people, different people face at different levels. Just to reference back to what DJ was saying, you know, Latin made, right? Right. Is that still the biggest obstacle or has it evolved? Well, I mean... I just always see it as like being Latina to me, we have so many amazing qualities um, that anybody in leadership, I think, would get from Latinas. We are resilient. We um, we come from most of us immigrant parents here in the U.S. So we know about struggle. We know about chasing our dreams. We know about getting shit done. Um, but I think the obstacles are just, you know, the disparity in in ascending women um, of color. And there's pay disparity. There is um, also disparity in just allowing women to maybe, you know, kind of their stigmas on us. Maybe they always, you know, think that we're loud or opinionated. I think it's like a Latina in our Latina nature to be. Who says those are bad things? Exactly. Who says that, right? But I, I just would think those are kind of like maybe some of the obstacles, maybe the stigmas put on women, um, the stigma of becoming a mother and a leader and a boss. And we know we could do that. Alex is doing it very well. Yeah. There's a stigma of like motherhood and being able to be leading in a in, a, in a, an important position. And we know that's not true. Um, pay, pay is obvious. Um, and then another thing that I think is an issue sometimes is women supporting women and that's what we want to create is and with girls gone boss we want to create a a culture of women that want to help women so if you're at the top and you are that executive that is one woman of with millions with the rest men Mm -hmm. i want to i want you to be able to mentor that girl to come up with you you know, or mentor women within your organization? How do you empower them? How do you give them tools? So I think is creating more opportunities for women at the top, but also for women that are already at the top to help create more opportunities for the ones coming up. So for me particularly, I haven't faced any disadvantages being a Latina woman, but I have faced disadvantages being a woman in general, which... Um, to tell you a story, in one of my old jobs, um, I was due for a promotion, a very well-deserved promotion. And I went out to lunch with my boss, uh, a male boss, who I looked up to so much and who really helped me grow within the business. Um, and I was sure that I was going to get that promotion and that next level in my career. And when I brought it up to him, his response to me was, why would you want that promotion? Don't you want to be a mom? And oh, I have never oh <laughs> in my life. And after that, I never looked at that person the same. And I knew that he didn't truly have my best interest. Like he, not that he pretended, but there was like a, there was a, a level of up to how much he was willing to go. Right. So they ended up giving the position to someone else that, had the qualifications, but that just took the department to complete shit. Like, they they ended up, that person ended up leaving. They ended up giving me that role after many years of me fighting for it. And it was just really sad because me wanting to be a mom should not have anything to do with my growth or how 
how passionate I am about my job or what my qualifications are, or what I want to do or how much I can grow. Like it, it didn't make any sense to me and it just pushed me further. Right. That's, that's terrible. Actually, you know what, that, that leads into the next question I wanted to ask you guys in terms of discrimination or even just archaic thinking would you say a lot of it ha is also within the Latin community um, from, you know, obviously Latin men? And the reason I ask this is um, a couple of weeks ago, I was at my parents' house and my father was watching one of these Latin-based news um, stations that they have here in Miami. And they were talking about, at that time they had just announced that Kamala Harris was going to be the vice presidential nominee. And they were talking about that she was ambitious, but they were saying it as a liability, like, Oh, porque esa Kamala Harris es una mujer muy ambiciosa. And I remember, I, 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 we talked about this on our podcast. I put the phone on uh, the TV on pause and I go, wait a minute. <laughs> Do you see what's going on here? They're calling this woman ambitious as a bad thing. Yeah, this, would a detriment. this would not happen if she was a man. And that was coming from, obviously, another, you know, it was a Latin-based news um it was one of our people Ar so, so I was thinking like my god within our own community like this is something that now women have to also fight within their own communities that archaic thinking well yeah that's what I kind of I brought up that same stigma that we have um, I, I think that's mentality from it's a lot, I feel, it's my personal opinion, it's, it's mentality from, like, Latin America, being raised there, and um, maybe having, like, old traditions, and maybe, like, gender roles where it, were a little bit more defined in a very old school way, um, but I'm more Americanized, I came here when I was very young, and I don't think that way, so it, it's, it's, cha it's generational, I think, and some people, you know, either break that chain and still think that way and think that women shouldn't be running for vice president or women shouldn't act certain way because that's going to make them feel, seem aggressive or you know too much or you know oh my god quien se cree ella you know so but i choose to you know there's people that choose to change that narrative and 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 because we have we have worked so hard to change to get rights for us as women i mean not too long ago we weren't able to vote imagine but we need to just continue just speaking like you know just speaking truth about who we are and and i don't think that I think it's generational, and I think it's a lot of education from us to our parents. I mean, I still have to teach my mom certain things that aren't right, but it's something that they were raised thinking it was. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because we're in 2020 and things are, are like that still. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you guys think, I mean, I particularly don't feel that way, but I feel that people that were raised in... No mentality have like gender roles that don't make sense necessarily. I think I think there's still a lot of stereotypes. I mean, specifically about women, I think there's a lot of stereotypes that people still go by. Uh, for example, I a couple of months ago there was somebody that I knew who was just a few years older than me who that I was shocked at something that he said. He he was talking about we were talking about cars and um, he was saying something along the lines of like. 
oh, General Motors right now is in the crapper, which is it, it is not doing very well right now, and it's product line. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but they're trying. And he's like, well, yeah, because the CEO is a woman. What do women know about cars? I was like, wait, wait, hold on. I guarantee I like, you, I guarantee you <laughs> the average woman probably knows more about cars than I do. Okay? And, I, I and I've got a penis. I, like, I don't know jack about was, cars. No, no, no. When this person was saying this, I was like, wait, did you just say this? Did you really just say that what do women know about cars? I'm like, that's not even what it takes to be a CEO, right? It has nothing to do about the that. But just the fact that somebody in who was sort of young in 2020 said that to me still shows that there's a lot of people who have these, you know, roles for women. And for the know? record, this was not but a joke. Messaging. But that's messaging that comes from it's been ingrained in your head. Like, there's so many things that we think, like, that we don't even know where it comes from, but it's been so, like, ingrained in our heads that it's just, like, what it is, right? So yeah. you automatically think, oh, cars, men. Um, you know, beauty, women. You know, yeah. So, but who is, but says who, you know? So it's all cultural. It's all, it, it's how we change our view. We have to open up our minds because it's not like that. It's funny because because when I became a parent, I that's something that I was like, you know, obviously you, you have that realization that you can shape this little mind that I was like, man, how, how can I do this differently, right? That he not be raised with even, you know, in our generation with like the norms. Preconceived or, notions. Yeah, preconceived notions across the board about a lot of things, not just gender issues, but a lot of a lot of things that are just not you know, accurate. Um, but yeah, you know, society still is hung up on a lot of things and, and it's very difficult. You know, it's and very frustrating. Also, Alex, we remember when we had um, t- um, the lawyer, what was her name? Sorry, I forgot. Tamara? I think it was Tamara. Yes, Tamara. She, it was all about Me Too movement and everything. I think we had a discussion about also, it starts with the men. I think men have to check men. Too. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and yeah. in this or forever, like if you feel that a man is saying those remarks and, and talking about women in that way, or, you know, just just the conversation needs to change and somebody needs to check somebody, you know what I mean? Because yeah. if not, the culture is going to be accepted, people are going to think it's okay, and that's how we never break it, you know? Yeah. So yeah I, I, like, step up a little bit. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. No, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that story because I practiced law for many years. And, um, you know, I I had a lot of uh, female, uh, uh, you know, attorneys that were friends of mine that I'm sure you, you've heard these stories that when they would walk into a conference room, they would always think it was a court reporter. <laughs> um, you know, stuff like that. Or if they were, you know, if you were a, a woman and young, that was even a bigger liability because then. It wouldn't be like, oh, sweetheart, you don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, it's so, I would be frustrated and I was a guy. So, like, you know, it's just, it's terrible. But yeah, you are right. Men need to step up on that as well. Because it's just something that in this day and age is completely unacceptable, you know. But unfortunately still happens. Uh, on that On that note, like, what would be some suggestions of how to combat that? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like just kind of stepping up and saying, like, no, you're wrong. But, you know, maybe in your professional experiences, ladies, you know, what are some ways that you have found to combat those notions or step up, you know, in those instances? Because it's 
you know, you, you want to be a f- assertive and firm, but you know, you also understand that nobody likes to be yelled at, <laughs> right? So how do you navigate that? In- well, first of all, don't stay quiet. I, I champion any woman to speak up mm-hmm. and say something. There, There's nothing worse than a woman being mistreated in any type of way, whichever Absolutely. way it might be. And then sucking it up and not having their own voice. So it's just having a voice, doing it with a lot of voice, mm-hmm. and just letting your, your, your opinion be heard and getting your point across. That's really the best way to champion it forward um, and to make your point be heard. Otherwise, um, if you go into a battle, you're not going to come out winning. It's just going to be worse. Yeah. So, I mean, what's next for you, ladies? You know, girl, obviously you're, you're starting your fourth year, right, uh, in the podcast, which is no easy feat. You know, are you... Is this going to, you know, you've done some live events. Is this going to turn into like a, uh, you know, video thing? Uh, are you exploring other venues or, or is it just about keeping that growth and continuing to conquer the world one person at a time? Alex? Um, what's next for us? So definitely keep surviving through quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, with, with a newborn <laughs> with a newborn yes um i'm working 7 a.m till i don't know 10 p.m at night every night um but yeah it, it's it's expanding the podcast growing our audience more keep we would love to get back out there and do more live events um we've been doing um some facebook lives uh teaching people how to podcast themselves i think it's super important that anybody that wants to start a podcast they do it. The market is not oversaturated. We we support anybody that wants to do that. So I've been talking to a lot of listeners that have reached out that want to do something like that. Then um, partnering up with amazing brands um, to, to spread the word. But yes, I, don't and I don't know. Video, we're going to get there. We're going to get there with video. <laughs> we've yeah, been we're doing just the same not- thing. <laughs> we've been wanting to do video for a while, too. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. No, I was going to say that um yeah, video is something that we definitely want, but I think there there is the beauty of podcasting is like we can do it now during the pandemic and that's another thing that we've kind of it's like a new way of doing business for us, especially technical wise. Uh, sometimes I have the issues most of the times. So that's why I'm always like, "Can you hear me?" Um but we are almost like we have so many things that we want to do we want to like partner up with even bigger brands we were just kind of like brainstorming on like our ideal like big dream brands brands that we want to work with so we have that in the works and just keep building our our following and and our listenership and just really we're all about the content we're all about making sure that every episode you know resonates with someone that you know, we get a lot of notes and DMs talking about, you know, I listened to this episode and it really made me want to start back up with my business. Like you guys really have inspired me to like really go hard. So really that's, that's really the core of what we do. If it grows even exponentially as we hope it does, that is a blessing. But our, you know, our, our mission is to just keep Keep inspiring and keep motivating and keep lifting women everywhere. Paying it forward. Yeah. Yep. Well, 
if I can just expand that, you know what? You guys are definitely inspiring women, but I I have to say, I think you're also inspiring some guys too. You know, uh, like, like, like ourselves, yeah. you know, because it's it, like you said earlier, you know, women, women inherently, whether they accept it or not, or, you know, they know what they got to do, right? They got to know how to step it up. But, you know, we, we need guys to be on your side as well. And I, and I think you guys are, are definitely doing that work. Well, we need more guys like you guys. And actually, to kind of change the subject a little bit, I want to tell you something, DJ. Um, I love your voice, first of all. You oh, sound like you. Seth Rogen to me. Oh. <laughs> it's a compliment. Right. I love his voice. I will take that as the ultimate compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to tell you that from the beginning. I'm like, I got to tell him this, but I don't, he doesn't get offended by it. No. I don't. No, I love Seth Rogen. <laughs> the Cuban Seth Rogen, I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. No, we're not leaving, Gabby. Oh, okay. <laughs> you see, guys, it's always something with me, but I thought you were wrapping up. I was like, oh, no, thank you. No, 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 no. No, no, she was calling me that I sound like the Cuban Seth Rogen, and I was taking it as the ultimate compliment. <laughs> I love it. I am so honored that you guys really, you know, invited us to your podcast. You guys are doing amazing things. And I love that you're you're all about supporting women. We need more men like you. And God bless you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. And both of you ladies are, are um, stationed here in Miami, right? Stationed like you're in the military. You're located here in Miami, right? <laughs> Feels like we're in the military with this quarantine. I'm in West Palm. <laughs> we are. I'm in West Palm. Oh, in West Palm, okay. But South, well, no, South Florida. I'm in Kendall. South Florida, South Florida. Miami Kendall girl. Ah, yeah. in Kendall. Si tú estás cerquita to, to DJ. You're, oh, you're yeah. in Kendall, too. Hey, DJ. <laughs> you want to go get some, some croquetas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, we definitely, when this whole corona thing is over, and this is the one thing that I, I hate about the corona, you know, we've, we've done interviews, obviously, with people all across, you know, the U.S. and I think even the world. So... We've had to, you know, use virtual a lot, but we really miss meeting with people in person. You know, like yeah. I mean, I know you're, I know you're in Palm Beach, um, but you know, we could have met in Broward. You know, I don't know, we could have met like a midway point to to do no, something. So, so I actually work in Miami, so I mean, once the quarantine's over, I'm going back to work, and even before that, my 16 year career has always been from Miami, so I've always done the commute, and Ooh. all of our interviews were always in Miami, so I would go over there or Gabby would come to my house and we would do it at my house. So yes, let's get together when this is all over. So, but it's, it's been a transition, but we've made it happen. You know, we had to keep going. That was like, definitely, there was no thinking about it. I just want to tell you that if you're, if you had licensing, your theme song should be the Beyonce song who run the world girls. (laughs) I thought, especially with, you know, the, the as we said the 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 type of women that you bring on your show that are like the everyday hustlers that is what really 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 yeah. states cements that message of who run the world girls so there you go Beyonce if you're listening speak to your licensing <laughs> company please to, you know license it to us for free babe. <laughs> You're Queen B. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Come on, babe. Do it for the Bayhive. What is it? Beehive? Bayhive? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for being on our show. We loved having you. And hopefully we'll get together in person 
uh, eventually, but it, it was it was an honor and a blast to have you guys on. Yes. So thank you. You too. You guys are amazing. Thank you for having us. And everybody listening, thank you so much for the support. If you already are listening to us or following us, if not, make sure to follow at Girls Gone Boss um, and you'll find um, the latest episodes on our link in bio. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. And again, hope we chat with you again sooner than later. We will. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. And we're back. Yes, we are. I love talking with strong women. Yeah. I'm. I'm. You know that that's something that <clears throat> always since I was actually no. Let me rephrase that. When I was a kid, I guess this happens to a lot of children. You know, they don't mm -hmm. really know the with, problems in right. the world. I remember coming to a certain age and realizing that women were not treated the same as men. And the reason I say that is, there, there's a reason I say that is because, well, you know my parents. Yeah. My father is not the machismo. No, 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 no. He's not one of those. At yeah, all. No, He's no, an no. exception to the rule in terms yeah. of Latin, older Latin men. Yes, yes. Um, and Even when he was a younger Latin man. <laughs> and my mom, especially growing up, my mom was a disciplinarian. Yes. Right. And both of my parents always worked. So I never really grew up with like the image of the strong man and right. like the yeah, the submissive woman uh -huh. who's uh stays home and take care care of the kids. I, I never grew up with that image. So right. when I was of a certain age and I really started to learn like, oh my gosh, so like barefoot and pregnant and all that. Yes, yeah. and women are not treated mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. yeah, I'm quite the feminist. Well, I think our listeners know that yeah. by now. I did go to the women's march. I didn't wear a pea hat, but you know, Aww. but you can't have everything in life. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So, are you thirsty? I am very thirsty. So, I'm gonna give my Coke this week. Okay. So people don't say I'm a hater. Okay. Because Who's getting your soda? There, are, there are times here in this uh, podcast that, uh, you know, especially when the whole, you know, we talked about Black Lives Matter and all that stuff, where I've mm -hmm. been very, very critical of the police, and sometimes I got a little hate from it. Okay. Uh, of it you know both, per, both personally and through the podcast you hate the police blah, 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 and i'm like that's not what i said but whatever um hey, so i'm actually going to give it to the miami-dade police department oh okay yes so what, because, did, what did they do because they actually did something this week which you know mm -hmm. again people i'm sure they do on a daily basis a lot of things like this mm -hmm. But this was caught on video, so we saw it on the news. There was a horrible incident this week of somebody, uh, actually by Bird Road, uh, trying to throw himself off the overpass. Oh, shit. To commit suicide. And the police were involved, and one officer in particular, I wish I had his name, but one officer in particular literally leaped on the man to stop him from jumping. And, you know, he was oh, deemed shit. a hero and all that. So. And a lot of people saw it because it, it was filmed from like different angles. Oh my god, the overpass I where the bird road on the expressway? Yes, bird <gasps> road on the Palmetto. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my coat Last goes soda. to the Miami Dade Police Department, especially the Kendall Division, it's because <laughs> they, well, no, it was the Kendall. It was oh, okay, okay. The, specifically. Okay. Right. The, okay. the department specifically in okay. Kendall because they gave the press conference outside of the oh, okay. Okay. So, see. I can give knowledge, you know, I can give credit when credit is due. You know what, and due. I will say, I don't think you hate the police. I mean, it's it's very clear that you just want the police to work effectively as possible. Right, but, you know. So, you know. Again, but, you know, when you have a rational idea, 
people attack you. Silly me, silly me. Listen, I'm just going to slap on my Jamaican flag bikini top now and, you know, and call it a day. (laughs) So my La Soda, I'm actually keeping it local as well. Um, So as you know, this past Monday, all the restaurants are open again here in in Miami. Uh, 50% capacity, but still, it's not just outside. So now people can open and hopefully... You know, they, they will be able to start making money and, and pay their bills much more and, and that. But we have an organization here uh, in Miami. It's called Taste of Miami. It's actually a cookbook for COVID-19 release, relief, release, relief. It has over 30 recipes from some of Miami's uh, favorite chefs and local restaurants. And 100% of the proceeds are going to those restaurants' employees. Mm. So... You know, we're Where in a, can we get this cookbook? So you can go to their uh, Instagram, uh, Taste of Miami, or you can go to cookbook.miami. Uh, we'll put the link. We'll put the link. We'll, we'll tag them. But um, it's, you know, again, it's communities coming together. And although this week has seen us open up again, which is great, it's going to be a while till till that's, that's great. You know, that's 100%. Great. Such good news at Rio Cristal. I know. May that be closing. I know. At least not for the time being. I haven't been there in years, but now I want to go. I went a couple of weeks ago. But did you before, eat in before, there? Before, yeah, yeah. Before they before they announced the closing, I, I went. But you could eat in there. Yeah, I went back. I went before Corona. Wait, that's oh. a couple of weeks, months. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. Sorry. We're going on uh, six months here. Yeah, you know, you know, concept of tiempo. Yeah, no, it's time it's, is a construct. We are in <laughs> that week between Christmas and, and New, New Year's. Years. It's just we've been here six months. Oh, is this yeah. what purgatory's like? Mm. No, I think it's hotter in Purgatory. We live on the equator. How much hotter? No, in Purgatory, it's probably freezing cold at night and like really hot during the day. Oh, like Los Extremos. Yeah, it's Purgatory. Okay. Well, you know, at least if it is Purgatory, I have good company. So that's all. Anyway, with that said, okay, (laughs) uh, we hope everybody listened, laughed, and learned. Uh, Remember to grab your croqueta, your pastelito, and your cafecito. And thank you so much for joining us. That was episode 125. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great weekend. (laughs) Pero Friday. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michelangelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.